Yes, I can elaborate on that. October the 16th, here. And we can watch it together in the small ord, I think. Hey, isn't it good to see people in the flesh? So here's my hug, because I'm not allowed to do it. So I reach out and I give you the warmth of a hug today. You can do that to others later on, but you can't touch. And welcome to those who are online. We pray that today you will too be able to join us as we celebrate together. The end of a series, Ephesians. There's always a bitter, sweet feeling when I come to an end of a book. I usually know the ending because I've had a look. <laughs> you know that, don't you? But there's always surprises. But I like to go slow. In fact, I even get up and walk away from the book and leave the last bit to savour. And when I finished, I think, oh, I didn't want it to finish. <laughs> um, and I have been known to read the end a few times. So we're coming to the end of Ephesians. And it doesn't mean to say we know Ephesians. It doesn't mean to say we've done it justice. It doesn't mean to say you can't keep on reading it. We've just looked at the surface. And I'm going to try and put it all together today and give you some symbols and keys that you can take so that whenever you read Ephesians or Galatians or Philippians or Hebrews, you can use these keys and see where it's inviting you to respond to the word you use. So let's start and just go right back. Where on earth did we start this story? With our Tony who told us that God's story always starts in Genesis. At least the God story we know starts in Genesis. I have no idea what was happening before the creation of this world, and I don't even know that I knew what was happening then. But we have a record of what happened about this wonderful picture of how the world was meant to be and how our first parents enjoyed that and it's a picture of one word, which we use in Hebrew, shalom. But unfortunately for us, it means a lot more. It actually means peace, wholeness, completeness, togetherness, prosperity, welfare, tranquility, all of those words and so much more. So that was what it was intended to be. Why? Because, as we learned in another series, a good God... Can you remember this? A good God created a good world so that good people could do good works and they might be able to live the good life. And this life was described in three dimensions. And, of course, Paul and Jesus and anyone who's worthy enough to stand up here and speak will say these three dimensions are about us living well with God. You know that song, it is well with my soul. Well with myself. Oh dear, I am a bother to myself at times. I really am. My thinking, my feeling, my responses. 
So I need to live well with myself so that I can live well with you and you and you and in community and all together we can live well in this world. That's the picture. And Ephesians captures that, captures it well. So in the first message that we had, we looked a little bit at the story of Ephesians, how it was in two parts, the part of what the God story is in relation to us and the part of what our God story is in relation to God. And we have that little word halfway through that says, therefore, in the light of what you know, this is what you can live. So that's pretty good, eh? We have the story of Jesus Christ for a world that was lost, lost its peace with God. And it's the story of his grace that renewed that, that gave us redemption, forgiveness of sins, adoption into his family, reconciliation, the ability to say it is well with my soul and I can live well with others so that we can look after this land. We're also told not far into this story, and this story is weaved into the God story in, Gen in Ephesians 1 to 3 about that dark thread, the sin that entered the world through our first parents. Just this week I was talking to someone, I said, oh, it's, we were talking about the terrible crisis in the world, and I made a statement that I had to retract. I said, it's a horrible world. I said, no, no, it's a sad world that grieves and waits and longs for the second coming of Jesus, just like us. What is in this world is that dark thread of wickedness, of sin, that is active in the life of those who align themselves with the devil, knowingly or unknowingly. And he is the father of deception, the father of death and decay, and he's out to destroy. And when lives are aligned that way, it seems like a horrible, ugly place to live. But we're not staying there. We're not staying there. God has called us to live the good life. So we also learned from the beginning that Ephesians calls us, Ephesians calls us to live unity, in unity, a oneness, an inclusion, socially, racially, without gender difference, the ability to see as God sees. Jesus is the great equalizer. Every single person who enters the kingdom of God comes via Jesus, who says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Every single person, whether you think you're really important or are important, whether you really think that you're nothing, it's the equalizer. We all come that way. And because of God's grace poured out on us, we can live in this oneness, this unity. And we can celebrate one God, one Lord, one hope, one word, one spirit, one body together. But hey, there's a richness of diversity. Have a look around and just see how diverse we are. 
I know it's warm in here today, but some people need more clothes than others. Some people always wear shorts. <sighs> some people are tall. Have a look at the diversity. Red hair, no hair. <laughs> Blonde, grey hair, curly hair. Young, oh, look at the diversity. You're not even looking around. Look, see the diversity that's there. Difference. And we are only a little picture of the diversity in the world. And yet, one body. I remember my greatest experience of um, having a sense of oneness. I was at a Losang conference in the Philippines. 4,000 people from nearly 200 countries met together. And we sang, and we worshipped. And people sang in their own language. It's a bit hard for me who don't need someone next to me singing in tune. And all I could hear was maybe Spanish or French or Chinese or something else. And I thought, oh, I'm lost, but I can enjoy it all together. But you know what? We then went into discussion groups. And you know what happened? We were all strong-minded, opinion bigoted people who were always right and we wanted others to listen to us. We are called to oneness, to give up our preferences, to listen, to be there for others. So then we come to the second half of the book and it says, therefore I want you to live your life worthy of your calling. I think we might have a verse up there where it says, is that right? There's a verse there? You can read it while I read it. Therefore, I, says Paul, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults and opinions and bigotry and rightness because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together in peace. Therefore, the reason we've talked about precedes, I've briefly mentioned it, but now as we go through this series and seeing the grace of God poured out through Jesus, we can do what is needed. Can we? Can we? Can we really live this life? I'm not totally convinced that we do it well, but we can. A few weeks ago, Wayne covered this section in chapter 4, and it, where it says that all Jesus followers are called by God into the ministry of Christ. Live a life worthy of your calling. It's not just for missionaries, preachers, elders, deacons, chaplains. All are called by God to make the most, to build up unity, and to serve or to minister. We do it differently. You'll get that in Ephesians 4. But every single one of you sitting here today, I can call a minister of Jesus. It's just that we get our language so confused. The same word for minister and servant is diakona. 
We get our word deacon from it. We are all called into service. We are all called into ministry. That's our calling. How well do we do it? How well we do, you, do we do it? All the time, whatever, wherever we are, we are called to minister Jesus Christ in this world, in your world, in your place. And remember, he came to serve, not to be served. So I want to see if it is possible to live a life worthy of our calling. And I'm going to do it by having some postures, symbols. Now, believe it or not, I had to have lessons this week on how to draw stick figures. I've got them here. I didn't know you were going to be here, Anna. I tried everyone else I knew who could draw. So you have to put up with mine. And the good thing is, you're probably like me, so you can draw them yourself too. So I've got some postures that will help us understand this calling. And the first one is walking. See that person's hanging on to someone there? You like my stick figure? It's walking together. So it's together. Or um, in community. So really, there's another hand here. And there's another hand, another hand. We cannot live the Christian life alone. You got that? You want me to say it again? Do you believe it? You, I, cannot live this Christian life alone. And for those who remember uh, the message that Andrew gave, go back there, listen to it again. It wasn't just for marriage. It was mutual submission, one to another. Submit to one another. Why? Out of reverence. Out of reverence to the Lord, reverence to Christ. In another place in Romans, Paul actually says, we belong to each other. I would say, if we could get this one right, we would make a lot of difference in our community. This, to me, is the hardest. Why? Because I'm a dirty, rotten sinner that always wants my own way. And I forget that the Spirit of God is in me. So that actually takes me to the next one. And this is probably one that we don't like doing much. Uh, let me see if I can do it. You can tell me what this person is doing. Huh? That's called a sit, <laughs> just in case you don't know. This one is sitting. That's not Oh, let's give some arms. <laughs> Join those if you like. Sitting, sitting. How well are you sitting right now? Is the chair holding you? Or are you holding the chair? Are you relaxed? How well do you sit? I'm pretty sure that if you had to sit here for a long period of time, you would not be very comfortable in those chairs. It's enough for an hour, okay? So just sit. This is the place where we relax, we breathe, and we remember. We rehearse 
God's story. We rehearse, re rehearse God's story in me. And sometimes I actually remember the story of God in others. I heard some really great stories this week, and I sat and I thought, God, this is great. And I sat with the stories because I saw God at work, God at work. I revise, I reflect. We often say, have 20 minutes in the chair. I don't believe the 20 minutes in the chair is to go tick the box, I've done it. That's not really called sitting. That's called getting it done before you get on with the day. To sit, to read, reflect, stay with, even be silent for two minutes. To enjoy the day, to think back over the day before and say, God, you were there yesterday, thank you. God, I wasn't really nice yesterday. Help me, I submit, forgive me. And I read and I go and I am refueled partly through remembering. There's a verse that says, uh, Ephesians 2, verses 2 to 6, I think it's probably there, God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even when we were dead in our trespasses of sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he has raised us from the dead along with Christ. And listen to this. Seated us in the heavenlies, in the heavenly realm, because we are united to Christ. So we have to imagine ourselves, take ourselves through prayer, reflection, reading, not just to sit literally in that chair, but to take ourselves and to see ourselves seated with Christ at the right hand of God. And if you want to get the real story of that, read Philippians, which says he came down, downward mobility, humbled himself, and God raised him and gave him a name above every name and seated him at the right hand of God, a position of authority, a position of it is finished, a position where the Christ life can become part of my life. And I can have a different perspective. I can look down. And I can see it through God's eyes. I can see that God loves you, even though I find it hard. I can see that you need my Jesus. I can see that you can encourage me. We see differently when we're seated with God above. You got that one? Seated. That's not all. While we're seated there, there's one more part of this story. Because I remember I was alienated from God. I now have a sense of who I am in Christ. I've been dead in sin, and now I stay there, and I take on that life of Christ within me, and a life of Christ with others. But before I go on, I've got to do another thing, one more thing, and it just means sit. Because in our book of Ephesians, it actually says a very important thing. I've lost my notes. It's all right. I often do this. Um, we're not to act thoughtlessly. We're not to, we are to understand what the Lord wants. We're not to be drunk with wine. Ephesians 5, 17, 9. 
17 to 19. It says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourself and making music to the Lord in your hearts and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So don't leave the seated position until you're filled with the Spirit. Well, you say, how on earth do I do that? Do I get a tap and turn it on? What happens? The secret is in understanding this verse. It's a command. A command is to be obeyed. We call that imperative. It's a command. It is passive voice. You know the difference between passive and active? I am walking. I will. <laughs> walking I will be. <laughs> can't even turn that one. Um, but passive means I can't do it. It is done for me. Okay? Passive. I sit. I put myself in a position as an act of obedience as I'm seated there with Christ in the heavenlies and I wait and I ask the Spirit to fill me. He is the one that does the work. It's present tense. So that means it's continuous. Three things. It's a command. It's past passive. It's done to you. It's present tense, continuous, which means it needs to be done continually. You agree with that? So that's what I do when I'm sitting, waiting for all of that to happen. And I better get a move on. Uh, so as a result of being filled with the Spirit, two things happen. There's a song in my heart. I may not be the best singer, but the psalmist wrote, he has put a new song in my heart. And then this is what it says. Many shall see the song and believe. Not hear the song. I like that bit. So he's put a new song in my heart. Many shall see it and put their trust in God. It's also, as a result of this, I will be thankful. Thankful. And this is how we walk with God. Thankful, generous, kind. And so my next one is it takes me to the place where I can now walk. <laughs> I walk every day. Try to get my steps. We can walk. And this is a movement from sitting to walking. Walk in the light of who Jesus is. I can learn to walk worthy of the calling. Worthy, admirable, valuable, desirable, reliable, excellent, satisfying. I can sit at the end of the day and say, that was good. Oh no, I blew it there. I need forgiveness. How we do it will be different, how we walk, and it will look differently across generations, but we are basically walking together on the same road with the same destination, the same direction together with Jesus and with each other, filled with the Spirit. Isn't that a great picture? Called to serve, called to minister, called to be light. And so it says, walk worthy, walk in the light, walk wisely, walk in love, honestly, with vulnerability, making good choices, Walking in love, gracious, living out there. Read that section which says what walking in the spirit together looks like. It's great. Chapter 5. Remember, hand in hand, together walking. And that takes me to my next posture, which is standing. Oops, something happened to his knees and legs. 
But this guy's just standing. Just, don't you laugh at my pictures. <laughs> standing, standing, standing. Finally, it says in Ephesians, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you might be able to stand against the devil's schemes. Take your stand. Notice it doesn't say fight. God has done the fighting for us. He's won the victory. We've seated. We've remembered. We know who we are. It's stand. Stand. Jesus fought with the word of Scripture. Jesus fought by the power of the Spirit. Jesus fought with sacrifice and love. Jesus has done it. Stay alert. Stand alert. Now, we're not sitting we're not walking, we're taking our stand. And he is my belt of truth. He is my truth. He is my righteousness. I'm right with God. He has made me prepared to live and to be ready with the gospel of his peace. He is my helmet of salvation. He is my sword and shield, and I have the word of God. I'm equipped because together I sat with God, filled with the Spirit, I'm walking in this world and I can stand. And that brings me to one more posture. I have to copy this one, because I had trouble. <laughs> so you tell me what this one is. Kneeling. Prayer. We come back to prayer, and prayer will always take us back to sitting and walking and standing. I've got three people to come here who are going to read over us the prayers from Ephesians. And we represent diversity. We represent different generations, gender, ethnicity, even probably ability. Some of these people are really smart. And some of them are really good looking. <laughs> so we are going to have these prayers prayed over us, and then I will finish in prayer. But I want you to do this. I want you to learn these symbols. I want you to do them. They're, they're simple enough. If someone like me can learn them. And as you write scriptures, as you journal, just see which position you need to take in Christ. Is that okay? Thank you. Let's pray. I'd like you to stand for this prayer if you can. And these are prayers from the book, and we're going to pray them over you today. Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for our God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope in he has given to those he called in his holy people who are his riches and glorious inheritance. I also pray you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. 
and the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ, who fills all things everywhere with himself. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with the inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high and how deep his love is. You may experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you'll be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. through his mighty power to work within us, to accomplish indefinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus, through all generations, forever and ever and ever. Amen. Have mercy on us, Lord. May we take up our different postures in life and learn to be comfortable in each position. Amen. 